Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. Guys of a Certain Age, the uh, spring edition. Robbie Koblenz in studio with somebody on the other line. Who's there? It's Art Shirley. It's Art Shirley. And no Jay Reed. No Jay Reed. Yeah, we were, you know, Jay had to work today. Some of us are off from work. Some of us are off all the time. But, you know, maybe today uh, it's a Friday off for Good Friday. So uh, Jay's, he's, he's making America better. By yeah, working he's today. working, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he actually is working. He's actually working. Or he says he's working. Maybe we should right. you know, get some surveillance and find out and make sure it's uh, it's actually happening. So, But uh, anyway, well, cool beans, Art. So glad you could spend time to join the podcast today. Oh, yeah. It, it'd be really boring if it was just me talking. <laughs> well, hey, it may be really boring anyway. So you know, It could be. I you mean, know, it may be glazing people over as we speak. Who's going to be our comedic foil today? I mean, we probably uh, should, we should probably take turns, you know, and should. say, you know, two two episodes a month. Jay's the foil. Then each of us rotate the other week of the month, you know. Yeah. Nah. yeah we'll, we'll, we'll 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 take a look at that. Yeah, we'll take. April a Fools look. was yesterday. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. All, all right. Well, let's join. Let's join in, boy. Let's all hold hands and join in. Let's jump into geeks of the week. What do you okay. have, Mr. Shirley? All right. Well, eight, another big week for HBO Max. Last week, of course, they had uh, our, they had the uh, as we record this, they had the Snyder Cut of the Justice League uh, debut. Maybe it was a week before, but uh, uh, last night or earlier this week, they had uh, Godzilla versus Kong debut. Uh, it was again released in limited theaters and on HBO Max again. Uh, Becky and I watched it last night. A whole lot of fun. Uh, I've enjoyed all of these recent uh, large monster movies that they've done, the uh, the two Godzilla movies and the previous Kong of Skull Island. Uh, just a lot of fun. Becky, in the middle of it, she said, you know, there's absolutely no basis for reality in any of this show. It's like not one you want to watch if you want, you know, <laughs> serious Oscar contender drama, maybe for special effects. But we enjoyed it. It was really good. Cool. But cool. Adam... Adam Wingard is the director of it. And my geek of the week, other than just geeking out on Godzilla versus Kong, is that Adam is attached to the new Thundercats movie that's being developed and uh, the live action Thundercats movie that's being developed. So, uh, like I said, we really has a he has a great flair for action. There was certainly some, you know, very uh, it would have been great to see this on the big screen. Uh, the Godzilla versus Kong. So I'm, I'm interested to see what he'll do with Thundercats. Thundercats was a little after my time. It was way after your time. Yeah, yeah, way after my time. That's right. <laughs> it was. It was. So, nice. I'm so looking the at the fact that I the fact that I know about it more as much as I do was probably. So when did it when did it come out? Eighty five is when it debuted, and yeah. so it it was a little bit. I mean, I was in high school at that point. My little yeah. sister, who's seven years younger, uh, was a big Thundercats fan. So Thundercats was animated in Japan, but was produced, written, and voice acted in the U.S. And uh, I believe, uh, yeah, it's it, it was an American media franchise, according to Wikipedia. And you can believe everything you read on Wikipedia. That's right. Um, so it was not a Japanese property that was Americanized. It actually started, was created in the U.S., 
but was produced from an animation standpoint by a Pacific Animation Corporation in Japan. Um, and, you know, at that time, that style of animation you could only get from a Japanese studio. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, had a run eighty five to eighty nine. That it was in syndication. There was a they revived it in twenty eleven and twenty twelve. I vaguely remember that. And then there yeah, was yeah, I don't remember that at all. Then there was Thundercats Roar, which came out in twenty twenty. Maybe that was uh-huh. uh, let's see. Now that was a Cartoon Network piece. So um, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, is it? And I remember watching a little bit of it. So is it is it going to be a live action? Is it going to be? Yes, an- that's my understanding. It's going to be live action. Wow. You know, with a lot of, uh, obviously, with a lot of uh, computer graphic animation kind of stuff added for uh, the different. I See, I don't know if they'll do. I, I'm trying to think if I've, if this is something that I just heard as a speculation, if they would do the same kind of thing they did with the movie Cats. Oh. In terms of turning people into, uh, oh, you know, instead of digital costuming as opposed to, uh, you know, full fledged uh, uh, regular uh, like practical costuming, oh. but uh, I'm not sure what they're doing. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. But um, anyway, like seeing what he did with Godzilla versus Kong and making those two characters, and you're sitting there going, "There's nothing on this screen that's real." You know, you're, there's several yeah. minutes go by, and there's nothing at all that's real on the screen you know so it's we've all seen that before but I, so i'm wondering how much of it will be I mean, you call it live action i wonder how much of it will be really live action versus uh cg stuff yeah CGI. wow okay um well we will we will look forward to thundercats because that's right thundercats are not go but thunderbirds are go thunderbirds are go that's yeah. right yeah thundercats are I don't know what they are. Uh, but they have the power. Isn't that that? No, that's a He-Man, Skeletor. Yeah, by the power of yeah. Great Skull. I yeah. forgot what the catch line for Thundercats was. Yeah, and Thundercats always seemed to me to be a little bit, it wasn't a ripoff of He-Man, but it certainly was trying to cash in on what He-Man had done. Yeah, yeah. It seemed to be a follow-up of that. Yeah. Um, hopefully, James Corden will not get started in it and be made yeah, that's to cat right. again. That's right. Maybe yeah. we could be a complete cat's universe there. So, ah, oh. that may have to do that just as a cameo. Well, please, now let's don't give maybe anybody not. ideas. So, maybe not. All right, let's jump from the uh, let's jump from the Thundercats universe to the DC universe and. This week, uh, you know, with the Schneider Cut being released, we've talked about that, you know, ad nauseum, it seems like. Uh, it looks like Warner Brothers is kind of reassessing the future of the DC animated universe or extended universe or whatever it's called. And um, if you remember a few years back, uh, DC was trying to out-Marvel Marvel without announcing this, this huge slate of movies. One of those movies was going to be The New Gods, which was... Um, that was a Jack Kirby. Yeah, Jack Kirby did New Gods, right? Right, back in the 70s. When he was pulled over to D.C. for Marvel, he had a hand in almost every comic they did for a while, including getting to create some of his own stuff, which included New Gods and Commandy um, and, and doing stuff with uh, the Jimmy Olsen magazine, which is where the New Gods, I think, first originated. But uh but they ended up getting their own thing. But yeah, it was, it was a Kirby creation. So it was going to be uh, Ava Ava DuVernay. Oh please, yeah. I'm sorry. I just uh-huh. I just like ruined your name. Um, she was going to be. She was on board to co-write and direct, and mm-hmm. 
you know, so that's been pulled and it's no longer happening. So uh, actually, Tim Tom King um, was going to co-write as well. You know, he wrote the mm-hmm. uh, that great run on Mister Miracle and kind of Tom King kind of revolution modernized, not revolutionized, yeah. but modernized Mister Miracle. Yeah, and he you know so Mister Miracle part of the New Gods you know group as well. I mean, uh, so you know has some ties to to that group. Uh, it, it, so I'm kind of disappointed that's not going to happen. I wonder if if the Eternals comes out for Marvel and turns out to be a big hit, if they're really going to regret dropping New Gods because it seems like that would have been kind of a very similar property. Well, and you know, just to remind folks listening, uh, Dark Side was part of the New Gods, so you had right. uh, you had what Godfather? No, not Godfather. You know, you had Big Barda, Granny Goodness. You had. Uh, Oh gosh, not, who was uh, not All Father? Was it All Father? No, that's that's Odin All, All Father. Who was the? Yeah, who was the? I, I'm trying to think who the who the Odin like character was on the good side. I can't remember. That's a, we'll have to we'll have to I'm, look that up. I'm looking see. it up. I'm looking it up. Let's look. It's uh, but there was there was a whole thing that was like you had somebody that was a Zeus or Odin yeah. type character. There was somebody that was an Apollo type character. High Father, High Father. Yeah, High Father. It, it was High Father. You know. Yeah. Big Barda, and we saw we saw Granny. We saw uh, and, and Dark Side was one of the new gods as well. So uh-huh. and uh, you know we so we saw Dark Side. We saw Granny Goodness. Wasn't it Granny Goodness? Who do we see? It was Granny Goodness. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then Desaad, I believe, who's also part Desaad of Desaad was the kind of the main one we saw talking to Steppenwolf. And Steppenwolf was part was part of the new gods as well. That's right. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the, a whole bunch of interesting, really interesting characters, though. And very, that, and had Kirby, Kirby had created the Eternals before he went to DC, right? Yeah, I think he did that for Marvel. Yeah, I mean, obviously he did it for Marvel, but I think he did that before he left. Yeah, and, yeah, and so the New Gods, like you said, was kind of his answer, his DC version of. So yeah, and, and you've got to think that that the audiences would have been open to seeing the new gods. Cause I mean, we've got a talking tree on the other side of the aisle with guardians yeah, I of the think galaxy. So too. You yeah. Know? So I think it, it would have been, uh, you know, it, it, I don't know. I get sometimes DC seems to be so locked into, it's gotta be Superman or Batman, even if it's gotten, you know, just kind of a loose connection to it, you know, like the Harley Quinn stuff does. But, uh, you know, I, I it seems like to me they'd be better served exploring some of these things. And like I said, New Gods just has so much stuff that they could. And granted, we can't remember names or whatever, but that's kind of what we do. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just a really rich mythology. And it's, I thought it would. I, I actually think it works better than the Internals does. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, James Wan, who directed Aquaman, was going to do a spinoff from Aquaman called The Trench, which we saw part of in the Aquaman movie. Yeah. And it was going to be a little bit more of a horror spin on, right. on it. And I never thought that one made as much sense. I mean, that yeah. to me, I mean, I can see where the idea works in as a horror movie, but as a as a successful spinoff from Aquaman, it just never seemed to be that much, and it didn't make as much sense to me. I'm much more disappointed about New Gods not happening than I am The Trench. So what I wonder is if, you know, since we put the Schneiderverse to, to bed here with the Schneider Cut, and we've talked about uh, the the rumors of the of the new Superman with the with a version of the character, not the traditional Christopher Reeve-esque um, uh-huh. Caucasian Superman. I wonder if the upcoming Flash movie is going to be 
almost their crisis on infinite earths that ends up kind of resetting everything that allows them to, to kind recast. of recast and kind of maybe start from scratch. So. Or not even recast necessarily, but like you said, maybe pull in alternate versions of the character. Yeah. You know, so you don't have Cal L Superman, you've got what a Calvin Ellis or whatever the guy's name is, uh, that's going to be in the, the new iteration of Superman. Uh, so that would, you know, that's an interesting thing. And, and again, I'm open to, to those kind of ideas, as long as they're kind of thinking outside the box. I, uh, I think that, but I think flash is going to be, is going to be that movie. Well, and I am so anxious to see James Gunn's take on the Suicide Squad, not David right. Ayer's Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. um, because everything what I've seen, the spots, the the teaser trailers, just looks hilarious. Yeah, I think that's going to be really good. I think it is too. And uh, so the 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 hits on the DC side you've got now are, um, you know. Obviously, Shazam was a lot better than we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the Suicide Squad's going to be a big hit. Um, you know, Wonder Woman was a hit. Aquaman was a hit. Uh, so those are the things that have seemed to work. But it, the the current versions of Batman and Superman have been the ones that have kind of held the the storytelling back a little bit, maybe. So I think so. Yeah. And um, you know we'll see what what the Flash brings. So mm-hmm. uh, they're going to do an Hour Man movie too. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, uh, it's. We'll see if that comes to pass. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I mean, so they're talking about you know an Hour Man movie. I, we still haven't seen a Green Lantern movie worth two cents, and then you know Black yeah. Adam is is coming. So. Um, it's just really fractured, and I, mm-hmm. I I wish they had a unifying vision, um, but I think it's more suits running it than anybody else, not necessarily creatives, yeah. and they're trying to get to the Avenger payday as quickly as possible. Yeah, I wish the team, I wish they would look at doing a John Stewart Green Lantern. Oh, that would be because cool. for so many people, he is Green Lantern. Yeah. And especially so many people that would tie into their demographic of who they want, you know, going into or who are going who are we going to be most likely to go fill seats. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you wouldn't have to throw something. You wouldn't have to recreate somebody. You've got an established character that has a very rich comic book based history. And it would be a great way to to reboot the Green Lantern franchise with an already established, you know, uh, comic book past yeah uh he's just a natural character just a really natural character um uh, anyway I, I think that would be a better fit i think that um i think that they get so insecure that they always drop back to superman or batman and it's time for them to explore some things so i'm a little like i said i'm kind of disappointed to hear this news that they're and for me more the new gods more so than the trench but uh you know that they're they're not going ahead with that because they've had success to me they their most successful movies have been with the movies uh aquaman and shazam and of course wonder woman too the especially the first wonder woman movie but that aren't just superman and batman Mm, we will see. Oh, DC, help us out. So, yeah, that's right. All right, let's jump the break, and we're going to talk about alternate realities. Who knows? We may talk DC. We may talk an alternate reality of ourselves right after that's this. Right. 
We are back from the break, and we are going to talk alternate realities, which maybe are everyday lives because it just right. feels that way from time to time. But no, we're going to do like uh, alternative history, sci-fi, and art. This is kind of spurned by you have finally decided to watch something I recommended a year ago, right? That's right, and uh, yeah. So watching for all mankind, the uh, Apple TV Plus is that the proper term for it yeah i think that's it that or, network or, the streaming service close enough. uh it's it's an original production of theirs and it i don't know if it's based on any kind of novels or anything is it it's, is it it's just not a, it's not okay but it imagines what would have happened had the soviets gotten to the moon first uh this, this may be spoilers for those who hadn't watched it but I think this is in the premise of the thing before you ever watch it. It yep. imagines what would have happened if the Soviets had gotten to the moon first and the space race continued on because it became much more of a competitive thing. Even I think they haven't gotten this far, but I think even becoming more of a military concern uh, with uh, having bases on the moon. It, uh, and so, well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's a great summation. And, you know, you, you know, you you live this a little bit more than I do, but I mean, after we got to the moon, it we kind of petered out because we didn't have anybody pushing us in the space race. Correct? Right, right, yeah. Because the Russians never uh, never got to the moon, you know, never never had a landing on the moon, and it seemed like they were very content to do you know low Earth orbit kind of stuff. And, you know, although we thought they were heading that way and, and nobody else has gone there. Now, the, uh, the Chinese have, have landed uh, something remotely on the moon, but uh, but no humans have ever gone back to the moon since we left. And, and part of the reason was the cost, uh, you know, and just after it was done the first time, there was just, a, you know, kind of a, a loss of interest in doing it again especially without that competitive factor. Yeah, and, and you know, resources went into a, re, a reusable space vehicle, the space right, shuttle. Right, right. Um, the idea was put satellites into, into orbit and build a, basically a big space truck that could go up and down, you know, with uh, uh, being reusable. Yeah, yeah. How far into uh, For All Mankind are you guys? Six or seven episodes I can tell you we've they, they've established the base on the moon. Jamestown. Uh, yes, Jamestown, right. And uh, uh, like I said, spoilers for those of you that haven't watched it, you can turn this off now. Just stop the recording for the next couple of minutes. But there has been an accident that has, has changed the, uh, the face of what's going on. Uh, for me, it got I, – I, as long as I was able to kind of embrace it as an alternative history. Yeah. And – you know, not a kind of a supposition of maybe this is what should have happened, although it would have been, you know, there are some things of it that I really like. I wish, you know, had, had happened that way. Uh, you know, getting women into the space program earlier, establishing a base and not and not giving up on it would have been would have been really nice. Um, but you have these real people mixed in with some fictional characters. And so it's very interesting to see that, you know, so like I said, I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, Becky and I both are watching it. We've enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. You know, it's obviously you know the 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 supposition is the the russians get to the moon before uh what was it apollo 9 no apollo 11 went to the moon first apollo 11 yeah they yeah. go they get there two weeks before they get there in june middle of june but or end of june rather two weeks before apollo 
uh, 11 landed July 20th, 1969. So, so, so there are a couple other um, background pieces of alternative history that, that affect the course of. Uh, mm-hmm. President Kennedy's never assassinated, if I remember correctly. See, I thought he was. I thought he was assassinated because Ted Kennedy actually becomes president after, uh, after Nixon. And Nixon, the Watergate thing happens. But yeah, uh, part, think, one of the things right. that happens is that uh, because I think we're I think the turning point. Yeah, everything has happened historically as it had before. The turning point is that two weeks before that you're right when the when the Russians land. Yeah. yeah. But what happens is that affects that because it's just almost mentioned as an aside kind of thing. Senator Ted Kennedy has decided to cancel a party at Chappaquiddick yeah. because the Congress is going to do a study on why they weren't first. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the Chappaquiddick incident doesn't happen. Um, and he is a viable candidate for, uh, the presidency in 72. Yeah. You know, it, um, that, that whole, that, that ripples across. So you end up with Reagan getting elected in 76, as opposed to 80, you have no Jimmy Carter. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's 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 those things you see in in newscast or as asides as as main characters are talking, but you know the the whole idea with for all mankind is the 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 space race and NASA becomes this juggernaut that's pushing technological innovation. And right. one of the things you learn later it's not it's not much of a it's not really a spoiler, but NASA is allowed to. Uh, patent and license their inventions and derive revenue from. Oh, see, that would have been a great. That would have made a whole lot of sense. Yeah. So as opposed to now, the things that are you know that were discovered by mm-hmm. NASA end up in the public domain. NASA was able to license the technology they 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 invent, which helps to um, helps to fund what's going on um, in in development and whatnot so it's 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 a real fascinating that alone is a fascinating alternate history yeah um but it i i think it's the best thing that apple tv has done um i really really like the show um with the possible exception of ted lasso well yeah that's right that's right ted lasso is fabulous these these are the two breakouts for me and Mm -hmm. and they're two very different very much uh, so, yeah. Shows, yeah. And so, um, as you get into, um, yeah, you're coming. There's only so it's only two seasons. That's right. Season one was twenty. Yeah, I'm halfway through. I'm halfway through the first season. I think yeah. there are eleven episodes. Uh, I'm either on. I just finished five or six. I think I. I think I may have. I think I may have six episodes left yeah. to go. Uh, and they're about an hour long. Yeah. So you know. Uh, it's very good, very interesting. Uh, they've done a real good job, I think, of uh, the characters, the personalities that I, I'm sure will run through most of season one. They may change at season two, but I think some of them are hanging on uh, through season two. But, um, you know, uh, I, I think they've done a good job with the characters and their dynamics, yeah. you know, how they all respond to the, the pressures of, of uh being either an astronaut or an astronaut's wife or an astronaut's an astronaut and an astronaut's husband both so it's very interesting so well worth well worth watching i thought i'm glad i finally took your advice and listened to it but it did make me think about other alternative history types of things and we've we've talked about things alternative universe with superhero stuff there's a lot of alternative universes i guess this is there's kind of a blurred line in there which is an alternative history which is alternative history which is alternative universe 
But I think what I'm thinking about, because uh, I, I can think of some things that are done within the comic book world or with, uh, you know, like the Star Trek has an alternative timeline now, the Kelvin timeline. Uh, but I'm thinking about alternative history in terms of, okay, this is something that really happened and there's a point in the history where it changes. And I know you're big fans of these work, and there's two in particular I know that we've talked about before. Yeah, so one of the first sci-fi, well, I mean, the, this has been happening for years and years and years in the science fiction realm. But, I mean, one of the first ones that became somewhat popular was The Man in the High Castle. And mm-hmm. uh, that was a Philip K. Dick with what would have happened if the um, – if the uh, uh, Nazis have had won World War II, if the Axis right. had won World War II, right, and uh, so that's been on Amazon Prime for oh gosh three four years, and it just recently concluded. And you know the 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 show. I've never read the book, but as I understand, the the show's first season follows the book pretty pretty closely. It could be completely wrong because I could have forgotten everything I ever read about it. But you know the the whole idea is North America has been divided between the Japanese and the Germans and but there's this this underground movement and there are these films from alternative history from our universe that have mm-hmm. made it through where you see the Nazis defeated, you see the Axis defeated. And America becomes a superpower, and that becomes a um, that becomes an inspirational movement for the uh, rebellion, and helps um, overthrow the 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 um, the Axis, the Nazis, in the in the in the Japanese Empire. So um, that was one of the first. That's one of the first pieces that's always talked about. Um, the man in high castle, of course, everybody's gone back and I mean, Philip K. Dick's influence has been pretty, uh, we, we've talked about it before. I mean, you, you, mm-hmm. you know, oh gosh, uh, minority Blood, blade runner, minority report, yeah. uh, through a scanner darkly. If you saw that, but, uh, well also, uh, total recall, I believe was total recall. Sure. Yeah. Is, that's right. So, mm-hmm. uh, Philip K. Dick had a really, really interesting, unique way of, kind of taking things and turning them maybe 45 degrees. So, yeah. um, uh-huh. but man in the high castle, it, it, it's a little brutal at times. Um, uh, as you would imagine any, any sort of, of alternate history where the Nazis won. Um, but it's, I, I really enjoyed that series. Um, mm-hmm. so did you ever read man in the high castle? I did read the book. It's, it's a much, shorter piece and even the first season gotcha takes up care so See, i think it does so much more than i do come on well i can't it's 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 hard to, to remember exactly where it cuts off because um but it does get you to a certain point but it, to, what, as best i remember it leaves the ending a little bit more uh kind of abruptly yeah uh, so you get to there and then whereas as they took that point and then have built this whole how many seasons did the thing run four seasons i think it was maybe? four seasons yeah yeah so everything beyond you know about two-thirds of the way through first season is all their own stuff sure and it, so it's really and and i think people do that a lot with philip k dick stuff they they take the germ of his idea and expand on it and for a lot of in a lot of cases i would say probably in most of the movie cases we've talked about uh they they work really well uh, you know, his, his germ of idea was good and they, they build on it enough to build a world out of it. 
But yeah, I need to I need to pick that back up again. I just need to watch that again because I, I I enjoyed it while I was watching it, and uh, I just for some reason or another we stopped watching it. So I need to go back to that. Yeah, there there were some great great performances in 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 that series, and mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, it yeah, I can't recommend it enough. So yeah, um, another one which I think is probably it, it's was pretty influential on me because I it, it's a book by Harry Turtledove, who's kind of the master, the current master of alternate history, uh, The Guns of the South. And um, it was published in 92, in the fall of 92. And I remember I was in a bookstore and I'm walking along because back in those days, you went to the bookstore to find things to read. That's right. And there is a book by this guy I'd never heard of before. And it's a picture of Robert E. Lee standing on the cover, standing on the with an AK 47. Oh, wow. And, uh, it's a pretty iconic cover. And the whole, the whole idea was, um, there was a group of, of time, 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 time traveling white supremacists who were from a 21st century South Africa who had not done away with apartheid. You know, apartheid was so incredibly racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea was you had this terrorist group from far in the future go back to the Civil War and give uh, Robert E. Lee's Army, Army of Northern Virginia AK-47 so they could defeat the North. And uh, which would result in a Confederate victory, which would make um, it, it would make supposedly the apartheid a little bit more socially acceptable. Uh, I haven't read it in years, but uh, you know, I'm, is it one book? Or is there a series of books? It's uh, I believe it's just one book. I'm going to look uh-huh. through and see. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the terrorist group finds out that, you know, the Confederate States of America is not necessarily what they hoped it would be. Yeah. Um, you know, anyway, so I'm reading from Wikipedia. The AWB, that's the, the terrorist group members, discovered that their ideas for the Confederate States and Lees are not one and the same as they believed. Uh, and in general, the men of the South have a violent falling out with the white supremacists from the future not very well written, but anyway, it's Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was one of those, hey, let's go back. Let's take current events. Let's do a major turn and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, and and Harry Turtledove um, kind of made a career out of doing alternative history that way. So he's done more than just that one. That's maybe what I'm thinking about. He's, he's written more books and they, he does alternative history in different. Yeah. So he, so he did uh, he did a. a a series of, of novels. Was it the darkness series? Uh, where basically he took, um, it was kind of cool. He took world war two and cast it in like a medieval, uh, European theater with dragons and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, so he's done a variety of things along those lines, but guns of the South was that first popular, uh, modern popular science fiction novel that took a event from, you know, a hundred plus years ago and pivoted it. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That was, and you never, you never read guns of the South. No, I haven't read any of his stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's really good stuff. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good follow on, on Twitter. We've had a couple interactions before he, he's gotten a little, um, 
let's just say he was happy with the last election and he made it widely known but yeah <laughs> okay yeah it is what it uh, is so but uh anyway yeah yeah so those those are some ideas so but in general art do you like alternative history like that i mean what's what's your take well you know i'm not i'm not usually a fan of of time travel stuff or and and so if it goes back and, and, and alters, you know, if they go back and forth in time, I usually kind of avoid that. And I think I've lumped alternative history into that as well. But like I said, if I allow myself to to take it as such and not go, OK, well, this story, if you're telling this story, this is going to undo the, the good that was done a few years later, if that makes sense. Like, uh, you know, like for all mankind or whatever, I can't help think when you've got Asher female astronauts uh, coming about in the seventies, you know, does that undo what Sally ride and, you know, the first astronauts did, you know, in, in the nineties and eighties, late days and nineties. But, um, so I need to just, I need to divorce myself from that and think, okay, no, this is, this is someone trying to tell, uh, a story that it, what if this happened and what, and, and kind of, you know, supposing what would happen if this if this one event changed and a lot of times they do it to me it seems like to show things that might could either be better or you know uh to i think that's one of the great thing about science fiction in general is you try to have lessons that you you know learn about society about who we are and i think that i've seen that in alternative history that makes me probably more likely to look for more of it you know, it's it's been uh, time travel has been kind of a crutch through science fiction. Tem- sometimes it's done marvelously, marvelously. I can't even talk today. Uh, I mean, obviously you go back. Well, we're going to gonna go back and, and redo this. Yeah, so, you were going to go back in time. <laughs> we'll redo do alternate timeline of this. That's place. right. That's right. H.G. Wells kind of set the uh, the the original sci-fi time travel story. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that's one of the reasons I've enjoyed Doctor Who so much, because mm-hmm. time travel has allowed that show. You know, originally Doctor Who was conceived as a children's education program where this crazy oh, that would do history. Yeah. The scientists would go back in history and observe events oh. and, you know, not not interfere with them. And so right. the, there always seems to be in, in time travel science fiction, you've got um, you've got some version of the of the prime directive, the Star Trek prime directive of not yeah. not interfering with society. Um, you know, Doctor Who has got their fixed time and fixed points in time that these are un alterable you cannot change these events at all because it's too big of disruption um it's got all you know completely different story you know um i mean it's different rules of of story there was a another series of novels which i've i've only read one of them and um because i mean this is this is stuff from back in the 50s or 60s well no I, i take that back i'm looking here the 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 late 40s um H.B. Piper, H. Beam Piper, his his Paratime series, which mm-hmm. um, it, it the whole premise there is again. I mean, there's some Doctor Who. This probably influenced Doctor Who to an extent. There there are all these alternate timeline histories of Earth, and on one of them, civilization um, evolves to be able to um, cross 
through alternate timelines and there's thousands of alternate timelines. Right. And uh, so the paratime police is developed, not unlike the time Lords and Dr. Who, who kind of mm-hmm. police these timelines to make sure things happen like they're supposed to happen. And uh, the paratime secret a lot like the prime directive has, has got to be, you've got to guard the paratime secret at all costs. There was a, a book called Lord Calvin of other which I bought when I was in like sixth or seventh grade. And it's a great read, but this, this, I think he's a constable. Maybe he's a sheriff, um, in Pennsylvania ends up, uh, coming, on, up on a paratime police officer in his time travel capsule, which is a lot, described a lot like hg wells time travel machine Uh and uh, he ends up crossing over to an alternate timeline where the industrial revolution has never happened and there's a there's a a a sect of this para-religious sect that manufactures gunpowder i think we've talked about this before Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole idea that you know gunpowder has these demons and spirits in them that make it explode, this cat shows up. It's like, uh, no, it's just saltpeter and a few other things. Let's go make some. And so it's an alternate history from a medieval society that never evolved into an industrial age, which was it was it was fun to watch because the the geological. Um, Areas were the same as, as current North America, but you have these different tribes and nations. So anyway, we could I could go on and on and on for days. But, you know, to, to me, for all mankind is one of the, the best uh, alternate timeline stories out there. And just all the all the the asides, all the political and geopolitical yeah. things that are happening. Uh, Ron Moore, Ronald D. Moore, who did Battlestar Galactica, did a lot of Star Trek. He's the showrunner and creative force on it. He's they've done a great job. Yeah, and he also did Outlander. That's how I got Becky to oh, watch it. But, oh, uh, <laughs> I think it's a little just, different. Which is also an, which is also another uh, time travel kind of thing going on there. So, but that, uh, that's probably not for our target demographic. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, like I said, I think I think there's a real challenge with this uh, alternate history science fiction, because you are dealing with things that people know or, you know, or certainly can go back and research as opposed to creating a world, you know, completely new and you, you could write your own rules. You have to make sure that, you know, you, you hit this point and that the changes that you suggest would happen after that point is changed, that they make a logical sense. You can't just throw something out there and say, oh, well, we're here now because of this. It's, well, no, that, necess- that wouldn't necessarily have happened. Certain things are going to continue the way they always were. And I think For All Mankind has done a, a good job of that. You know, uh, they, the, the world didn't just suddenly become, you know, everything you'd want it to be just because the space race continued, you know, there, there are a lot of other challenges that continued on and still continue on to this day that they address, you know, uh, equal rights uh, for women, equal rights, you know, for the different races and everything. I mean, those things are, are, are coming out, you know, in the story too, which I think uh, they do a good job of handling that. You know, years ago I read a, uh, or heard or read an interview with a set designer. They were talking about, um, it is easier to make a period piece of television or film from 30, 40, 50 years ago than 
taking you back in time 10 years because you the the amount of changes are incremental but you don't realize how many how much society has changed in a decade versus three or four decades right yeah i can see that's a, that, that makes sense to me yeah so um it, it's it's interesting with for all mankind we're in the middle of the 80s in season two that's going on right now um, uh-huh. and, and not unlike stranger things as well i mean that that nostalgia to take us back so right but anyway all right, I'm sure in an alternate universe, there's uh, there's three people on this podcast. So hopefully, we'll get uh, we'll get Jay back next week. Um, so until then, we will see you next time.